Hello friends, this is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable inviting you once again to this edition of Let's Talk About Jesus right here on WMAF. I do believe today that the Holy Spirit is going to speak to someone in this listening audience in a very distinct and direct way because our subject matter today is how to recover from a wounded spirit. You do not want to miss this broadcast. If you are not in that condition right now, that very dangerous condition to be in where the enemy uh, is threatening you, uh, listen, you probably know someone that is in that condition. And the scripture is very clear how we're to encourage one another. We are to lift up the hands that hang down and to strengthen the feeble knee, lest he be turned out of the way. Without this encouragement from God, from His Word, by His Spirit, and through one another, then those people who have been wounded in their spirit, we've all carried wounds in our emotions to a degree. We've all uh, had the hurt and the heartbreak of living in faulty bodies in a fallen world. But once it begins to affect us spiritually, then we are in the greatest of danger. And there is a solution in the Word of God. There's a way to recover from a wounded spirit, to get back on our feet and back in the race and to, to, to cause the enemy to back down that's standing so strong against us. And we want you to hear this message today. If it's not you that is going to recover from a wounded spirit, maybe God is going to use you or me to help someone that is in that condition to get back on their feet and back in the race. Praise God. Oh, friend of mine, God is so merciful. God is so good today, and I can't wait to get in His Word and share something that I know can be life-changing to anyone who receives it. If you're not a Christian today, you may be carrying deep wounds that you feel could never be healed, but I want you to listen to the Word of God with us today. God loves you too, and He wants to save you. He wants to pardon your sin, and He wants to help you with all of the hurt that living in this fallen world can and does bring to our lives today. Praise God. So if you have your Bibles, would you turn with me to the book of Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 14. We're going to back up from there to the book of Psalms in just a few moments to take uh, our, our text further as we study how to recover from a wounded spirit. In chapter 18 of Proverbs and verse 14, it simply says this, The spirit of a man will sustain his infirmity, but a wounded spirit who can bear? The spirit of a man will sustain his infirmity, but a wounded spirit who can bear? In the New Covenant, the Apostle Paul, taking that, that thought further as the Spirit of God led him and moved upon him, he said, though the outward man perish, the inward man is renewed day by day. You see, as long as the inward man is being restored and renewed, no matter what outwardly we may be experiencing in our, in our emotions, uh, the inward man is going to sustain us through that. For God places His strength initially in our spirit. 
But when our spirit becomes wounded, when we become spiritually affected by the discouragement or the or by the heartache or the heartbreak, when it begins to affect us spiritually, then that shield of faith comes down and the fiery darts begin to come through and do their damage to our life. And it is a very dangerous state to get in because our faith in God is shaken by that circumstance and now we're not holding up the shield of faith. Well, there's a way to disarm the enemy. In fact, there are steps to take, to defeat doubt and disarm discouragement and therefore defeat our great enemy. Not just the devil, but our own weak flesh. Hallelujah. Amen. So we want to talk about this today. And and, uh, if you have your Bibles already opened or you want to jot down this other scripture in the book of Psalms, Psalm 77, we're going to read from Psalm 77, a psalm, of Asaph. All the Psalms are not David's. This is a Psalm of Asaph. And Asaph definitely had a wounded spirit. But Asaph gave us the principles as God led him out of that deep dark valley. Amen. The principles of victory, how to recover from a wounded spirit. And here, you may see yourself in this Psalm and know that God is not going to back off from you because you have wavering faith or you have doubted. He wants to restore that faith and he wants you to be able to defeat that doubt today. Praise God. Listen to what Asaph said. And this is his 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 cry unto God. He begins with crying unto God. He said in verse 1, I cried unto God with my voice, even to God with my voice, and he gave ear to me. In the day of my trouble, I sought the Lord. My sore ran in the night and ceased not. My soul refused to be comforted. I remembered God and was troubled. I complained and my spirit, here it is, my spirit was overwhelmed. Salah. Thou holdest mine eyes waking. I'm so troubled that I cannot speak. Many translators would translate this, I am so tore up that I cannot even pray. It seemed to him that prayer would be futile. He said in verse 5, I have considered the days of old, the years of ancient times. I call to remembrance my song in the night. I commune with mine own heart, and my spirit made diligent search. Will the Lord cast off forever? And will he be favorable no more? Is his mercy clean gone forever? Doth his promise fail forevermore? Hath God forgotten to be gracious? Hath he in anger shut up his tender mercies? Selah. And I said, this is my infirmity. But I will remember the years of the right hand of the Most High. I will remember the works of the Lord. Surely I will remember the wonders of old. I will meditate also of all thy work and talk of all thy doings. Praise God. He was in that state of a wounded spirit. And in verse 11 and 12, he gives us three steps, three very simple 
but so significant steps to be able to come up out of those doldrums, of those depths of despair, where he doubted God's faithfulness, doubted that God would keep his promises. It seemed like heaven was brass, and God was sitting aloof in his heaven, unconcerned and unresponsive. And that's why he even got to the point that he said, I can't even sleep. I can't even get a night's rest. I'm so troubled that I can't even pray. Prayer seemed futile when all of this despair, all of this doubt, when the wound in his emotion had now begun to touch his spirit as well. No, God has not forgotten him. And he began to talk about that. He said, number one, he was going to remember what God has done. Listen to this carefully. Verse 11, he said, I will remember the works of the Lord. I will remember thy wonders of old. The reason, friend, that a generation became doubting and defeated was because they forgot the faithfulness of God. According to Psalm 78, verse 40 and 41, it said, How oft did they provoke him in the wilderness and grieve him in the desert? Yea, they turned back and tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. Verse 41, verse 42 says, Listen, they remembered not his hand, nor the day when he delivered them from the enemy. One paraphrase said they forgot his power, and they forgot his love. In the midst of difficult circumstances, when we experience the dark cloud of doubt, it's easy to forget that God is faithful. No matter how things look, remember God's past miracles and deliverances. The result of rehearsing the victories of the past will be faith for the present and hope for the future. I want to say that again. The result of rehearsing the victories of the past will be faith for the present and hope for the future. I have never shared a testimony with anyone to lift them up of how God has moved in my life that it didn't encourage me. Hallelujah. That's why I love to be an encourager to others because while encouraging them with the Word of God in my personal life experiences, I'm encouraged and I am lifted up as well. Deuteronomy 7 and verse 9 says, Know, therefore, that the Lord thy God, He is God, the faithful God, which keepeth covenant and mercy with them that love Him, and keep His commandments to a thousand generations. One translation says, He keeps His covenant of love to a thousand generations. God is no less God in the 21st century than He was in the 1st century. Praise God. He is and always will be a faithful, merciful God. If He ever did it, he will do it again. Praise God. If He ever did it for anyone, He will do it for you. And He will do it for me. And we need to rehearse those times in our life and those times in Holy Scripture 
when God's faithfulness became the very, the, the very focus of those in such deep, deep, troubled times and such tumult in thy life. There's a book in the Bible called the book of Lamentations. And there's three chapters to it. And in this book, Jeremiah is lamenting the fact that no one has listened to him. No one has turned from their wicked way. And now the consequences of sin, though he preached and prophesied truthfully unto them, they simply did not turn in their stubbornness and rebellion and their spiritual blindness. They were now going into bondage. They were going to be taken captive and made bond slaves in Babylon. And he saw all of this, and the hurt and the pain of it uh, gripped his heart to where he began to lament. And in the book of Lamentations, he said, When I consider the wormwood and the gall, my heart is overwhelmed within me. And friend of mine, he was in danger. He was in danger of getting into that state where his spiritual man, where faith abides and where faith is sown and where faith originates, uh, was going to be affected by all the outward things that were happening, affecting all of his physical emotions and mental emotions. And he said, but this, here's the remembrance, but this I recall to mind, thy mercies are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, the Bible said in the New Covenant, Think it not strange the fiery trial that has come to try us, as some strange thing has happened unto us. But God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted above that, that you are able to bear. And I'm not talking about able because of your resolve and your fortitude and your, your mighty strength in yourself. I'm talking about your ability to endure it because of the grace and the strength that God grants to us by His Holy Spirit. Praise God. God is faithful who will not let you be tempted above that that you are enabled to bear. Who will with the temptation make a way of escape that you might be able to bear it. Praise God. Friend, if you are discouraged today, if you are depressed today, if the devil is telling you if you take, can't take the heat, get out of the kitchen. I want you to know that God will never say that to you. He will reach way down for you. He will reach out his hand to you. You know, the Bible said that he's a good shepherd in the New Testament. And he leaves the ninety and nine. It doesn't mean forsake them. He leaves them safe in that corral, in that place where the wolf can't get at them, the lion can't get at them, and they can't get out and go roaming where they shouldn't be. He brings them into that place of safety. And those ninety nine that are safe and secure, he leaves them in that place of safety and security. And he goes out searching for the one that didn't show up, that didn't join the herd as he brought them in, join the flock, and he searches until he finds it. He will not give up. He won't say, well, that sheep should have stayed with the flock. That sheep 
wandered off. So whatever happens to that sheep, that's the consequences of his own stubbornness, hard-headedness, and foolishness. That is not the God of the Bible. That is not our good shepherd king. He goes out and he searches for it until he finds it. And then he brings it back to the safety of the fold. You may be one of those sheep today. They call them cast sheep when that occurred. It meant that they had fallen down and their, their, they hadn't been shorn yet and their, their, their wool was so thick they couldn't right themselves. And because of the weight of the wool and their own weight, they would panic and lay there and kick and try to get up. And after a while, they would fatigue and it would overwhelm their heart. And if a predator didn't get them first, their heart would give out. But one thing is for sure, if the shepherd didn't come for them and put them back on their feet, and if they couldn't walk, he would throw them over his shoulder and carry them back into the safety of the fold until they recovered their strength. You know, in almost every portrait of Jesus carrying a sheep, it's always a lamb. But it's not just lambs, innocent lambs that can't walk that need to be carried Sometimes it's full-grown sheep that have wandered, wandered from following the shepherd and following the flock and got lost somewhere and, and found themselves, a, as they call them, a cast sheep. They were cast down and couldn't get up unless the shepherd find them and put them on their feet or put them over his shoulders. And I want you to know the weak people today that have wandered and the devil is telling you, God's not going to come for you. You're the one that created this problem. You got into this mess. You can't expect God to help you now. You might have to not bother crying out to him, not bother praying, not bother repenting. There's going to be no restoration for you. Remember something about the devil. He's a liar, and he's the father of lies. The truth is, you're the one that God's focus is on right at this very moment because you're the one that is in jeopardy. Your spirit is that wounded spirit today where the doubt and the fear is taking the place of faith and hope. You're the one that the Good Shepherd is searching for today. I feel this so strong in my spirit today. And you may be a preacher of the gospel. No one is immune. No one is immune from being in that place where you feel like God has abandoned you, where you feel like in your emotions that heaven has shut the door to your prayers, where you're so troubled you can't sleep and you can't pray because you feel it will do no good. But listen, there's been a man where you are, and he said, I will remember the works of God. I will remember thy wonders of old. I will rehearse. In other words, praise God. I will remember. You know what we need to remember today? The parting of the Red Sea. Maybe you're up against something that you can't face, that you see no way out of. And that's where Israel was when God parted the Red Sea. When it looked like there was no way out and destruction was sure. We remember we need to remember the destruction of Pharaoh's army when the waves come back in after Israel passed over and that army was a threat no more. 
We need to remember the manna from heaven. God can provide a table in the wilderness. There's nothing impossible with God. God can make a way when there seems to be no way. And the manna from heaven was His way of supernaturally sustaining His people until He brought them into the promised land. We need to remember the water from the rock. There's no water. How can we survive? There's no water. We will die of thirst. And water came from the rock. Hallelujah. How can water come from a rock? I don't know. But if I'm dying of thirst, I'm not going to try to figure out how God did it. I'm going to drink my fill. Hallelujah. We need to remember the meal barrel that never went empty and the cruise of oil that never ran out. The ravens that fed the prophet, the giant fell by a shepherd boy. The deliverance of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, all because of that fourth man in the fiery furnace. Hallelujah! How, how in the world can we trust God while being thrown in a furnace and see God's deliverance in spite of the seemingly absolute impossibility of it? We need to remember Daniel in the lion's den and God shutting to the mouth of the lion. We need to remember the battle of Jericho and those great walls falling down flat. We need to remember Gideon's 300 men, hallelujah, that defeated this overwhelming army that's coming against Israel. We need to remember the axe head that swam and the turning of water into wine. We need to remember the feeding of the 5,000 with a poor boy's lunch, with a few fishes and bread, like sardines and a little hunk of bread. We need to remember the lame man who leapt, the blind man who saw, the lepers who were healed and cleansed, and the demons who were cast out. And we need to remember if there was ever a time in our life when God came through for us. And go back to that time and say, Jesus, do it again. Do it again. We need to remember His wonders and His works. And we need to rehearse them. Praise God. You know, the devil will tell you, and he's good at it. He's very good at telling us that God doesn't love us. What he wants, and God isn't listening, and God will not answer, and there's no way out. He wants us not to pray. When Jesus, on the other hand, says men ought always to pray and not to faint. You see, when we're wounded spiritually, then we give in, we faint, we become faint-hearted, our faith begins to waver, and our faith literally can fail, and we can lose our trust and our hope. But the Bible said His mercies are new every morning. Great is His faithfulness, particularly in this area of showing mercy. And God is merciful to you, and God is merciful to me. And when I begin to remember what the Lord has done, when I recall to my mind His mercies, His grace, how oh, a friend of mine, somehow another hope is reborn in my heart. And I don't want 
to sit in that cave of doubt and fear and self-pity. I want to stand up and shout from the housetops, God will set me free. That's what David said. He delivered me from the horrible pit. That pit that there was clay in the bottom where he sank down in it. He said, but God brought me out of the miry clay. He didn't just bring me out, but he set my feet on a rock. And he put a song in my heart, a song of praise. And guess what happens when anyone hears of anyone in that terrible condition that God lifted out by his mercy, grace, and strength? Hallelujah. The humble shall hear thereof. We sing it in a song. The humble will hear about it. Those crushed. This is the negative sense of uh, the word humble, not the positive virtue of humble, but this is that that crushing of of our spirit to where we are overwhelmed. Our when we complain, our soul is just overwhelmed. But when we praise God for His victory, our soul soars. Our soul is lifted up. Our faith is activated. The shield is raised high, and it quenches all the fiery darts of the devil. Every intent of that trial to get us to give up, go back, <laughs> quit, quit serving God because there's no value in serving God. The wicked are prospering and we're in all of this trouble. What a lie from the pit of hell. Hallelujah. God promised to never leave us, never forsake us, but to go with us all the way. That promise began not just in the New Testament. It began in the Old Covenant. He knew the fire, fiery trials would come. And he said, When thou walkest through the water, they shall not overflow thee. And when, 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 the, when, when thou goest through the fire, it shall not be kindled upon thee. How can we go through fire without the fire consuming us? He's speaking about the trials and the test of life. He said that fire will not be kindled on thee. It will not get to your spirit. It will certainly fiery trials affect my outward man. And that's why Paul said the outward man perishes. It's it's perishable. And is going to perish the, the outward man, that part of us that is subject to the emotions and, and the feelings that come that are so negative in the midst of trials. But though the outward man perish, the inward man is sustained day by day. God granted grace to Paul under the pressure and the persecution. And he said something about his grace. He said, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. When people, when Paul understood his own limitations, his own inabilities, and he trusted exclusively in God's grace and God's mercy and God's strength, he came to a place where he said, I can do all things through Jesus Christ, which strengtheneth me. <laughs> Praise God. Friend of mine, the very first step in recovering from a wounded spirit is remembering what the Lord has done. Remembering the hand of the Lord that brought us up spiritually out of the land of Egypt. The God that delivered you from Satan's prison house. The God who saved you today. That God will take you 
all the way through the trials and tests and pitfalls of this old world. He will deliver you again and again from the hand of the enemy. But we need to go all the way back to Calvary, all the way back to the day that we met Jesus Christ and He, in His faithfulness and love, set us free. That same God, that same faithful Savior is looking for you today if you're a cast sheep. He's listening for your cry. In fact, He's crying out to you to cry out to Him in return that He might come with healing in His wings, that He might come and set you on your feet. And if you can't stand up to put you over His shoulders and carry you back to the safety of the sheepfold. If you're the cast sheep today, oh friend, remember His faithfulness. Don't give up on God because God will never give up on you. He loves you. He loves you. And His love is stronger than your doubt, stronger than your fear. And if you have sinned against Him, come home, just like the prodigal son. You will not have to drag yourself in and wait to be berated and set upon. And here I told you so. You know now the consequences of sin, the hurt, the pain, the destructive force of it. You won't have to drag yourself all the way home because the Father's looking for you. And when He sees you afar off, He's going to run to you. You won't have to crawl all the way home. He's going to run to you, according to the Scripture. And when He gets to you, He's going to fall upon you, kiss you, and He's going to begin to restore all that the enemy has stolen, all that sin has cost you. That's His kind of love and mercy and grace and power. Come back next week, will you? And let's talk about Jesus.